at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. And we've just completed the first trading month of to this year, 2023. And I know that the investors that have been around the market a long time know that the dynamics have changed and will change and will continue to change. But we go from bear markets to bull markets. Bear, bull markets last many years. Bear markets last one to three years. So we're in, this is the second year, but January's been an up month. So far, I mean, the, 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 I think the S&P is up like 4 or 5% for the month, 5% for the month of January. And the NASDAQ is up even double that. And uh, Dow's up 3 or 4%, something smaller. So this has been a very good January. Then we're moving to February. The Federal Reserve is meeting right now. So we'll know more about interest. There's lots of variables, right? These variables cause all kinds of changes. So we know that our economy is slow, and that's going to affect earnings. And I don't know if we built in the earnings effect. We've had a pretty good earnings season for the first, uh, the fourth quarter uh, of last year. So that's been pretty positive for the market. But we still haven't seen the effect of the rise, the very doubling of the interest rates by the Fed yet. We haven't seen the effect on corporate profits. We've seen the effect on the stock market for last year down significantly. But, you know, if you've been around a while, you know these things pass. You know the market looks the worst when it starts to turn around. It turns around at the very worst-looking economy, and, you know, you think, oh, gosh, and then that's when it starts turning around. So I don't think we've seen the worst yet. I think we still we still have some weakness coming, but not too much. I don't think it's going to be too bad at all. Now, the reason you downloaded or are listening to this podcast live uh, is with the goal for you to have some unbiased answers to your financial investment questions. So you can achieve that by asking the question. You can call. Okay, uh, it might be tempting to pretend the market today is just like it was going to be la- like it was last year, but it's not going to be. It's going to be different this year. Very different. I'm Steve Pees. I'm here to here on this radio program and podcast to help make you. Come to understand what your strategy is, what your goals are, and whether or not you have a proper portfolio to achieve them. But I'm here to answer questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. Any financial question. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week with that number. But I'm live. Justin and I are live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And I got a lot of material to go through today. My focus point is going to be what you need to know about Roth IRAs, Roth IRAs. There's changes, not a lot, but it's important that you know what they are. And time permitting, I want to talk about the Fed meeting that's in taking place right now. I want to talk about the NASDAQ and the market being up and maybe uh, why. 
Okay. Um, also, uh, increasing her- rates, interest rates hurt tech stocks. They hurt tech stocks the most. Why is that? So I'm going to talk about that. And uh, is the global debt a ticking time bomb for economies and therefore stocks? Global debt, not just our own debt, globally, global debt. It's at record highs. So those are things we're going to talk about and still get to a trivia question, too. It's Trivia Tuesday, so I'll give you that question about the halfway point through the show. has to do with uh, having you snag a better job. This is coming up at the halfway point, right? So I've got all this planned in this uh, episode of the podcast. And, of course, I will take your live calls at on 888-99-CHART. So how did the market do today? Well, it was up pretty significantly for the last day of the month. The Dow was up 369, the NASDAQ up 191, and the S&P up 59. That's a pretty good move. Pretty good move. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's take our first caller question. Hello, my name is David from San Luis Obispo, California. Would you take a look at Cavco Industries, ticker CVCO? It's a manufactured home building company. I've been buying the stock the last two months, and I think it's at fair value. What's your opinion on it? Thank you. Great show. Okay. Cavco Industries, Inc., out of Phoenix, Arizona, manufactures single, multi-sectional, manufactured homes sold via independent 45 company-owned outlets. So how can it be independent? Okay, independent 45 company-owned outlets. If they're independent, they wouldn't be company-owned. So I'm not sure how that doesn't seem to be worded correctly on my software. Anyways, they're going to make $26.29 for 2023. Okay, that's pretty good. 2024 is going to go down 12%, 23.13. So let's look at, let's take that 23.13 compared to the stock price of $266. So what is that, 11, 12 PE? And the PE range for the last uh, five years is 7 to 33. Return on equity is very good at 22%, has virtually no debt, have great cash flow, $18.76. Uh, management owns 2% of the company. It's a $2.3 billion company, so it's small cap, but, you know, not tiny. Uh, mutual funds are slowly buying it. Sales have been pretty spectacular the last two years. So uh, it's probably undervalued, but it's in the housing industry where interest rates are rising. So I would be very, very careful. I probably wouldn't enter into this stock. Because I don't like the direction of interest rates. Once interest rates cap out, then this stock might be more interesting for me to take a look at. Okay, that's CAFCO, C-V-C-O. This is Talk. Justin Klein and I thank you for your participation and helping us achieve over 49 million downloads since it all began. We're moving to a quick break, and I am ready for your questions, 888-99-CHART. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, 
Each Invest Talk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. Invest Talk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real time data research and years of investing experience. 24 7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days. The Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy and discipline. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Alan from Hayward, California. I uh, love the show. I learn a lot all the time. When I think of passive investing, I think of set it and forget it. It doesn't matter if it's a red or green day for the share price. You buy it regardless. So when people invest in a cyclical company like ExxonMobil only for the dividend income, should they be concerned about when to buy it? Or can they set it and forget it and buy it at whatever price it's at? so long as they're only in it for the dividend income. Should I be concerned about the share price and paper losses of my principal while passively collecting the dividends? Exxon is a dividend aristocrat, which means its dividend is generally considered safe. If not ExxonMobil, are there any individual paying companies that I can passively set it and forget it? Thanks. Love the show. There are, but ExxonMobil is one of them. They're big blue chip companies. You can buy them and forget about them. But I don't like to buy them after they've had a pretty strong run up. I I wait. I wait till the cycle's down. So I bought Exxon and Chevron, you know, a while back when they were much more, you know, attractive. Okay, now at 116, it's gone from like 35 dollars. In 2020 to 116, so it's hesitated around 60, which was a, a good buying opportunity. Uh, and now it's 116. I, I think I'd wait for a pullback. But yeah, um, the most common things that you could buy and set and forget is in, index funds. You, there's a ton of index funds that slice and dice up the market. You could buy those ETFs for those index funds, buy them whenever you want to, and forget it. You could do that. Now, of course, everybody wants to buy low but I, and, and, and uh, let it ride up. But most people have a hard time buying low because everything is going down and everybody's panicking and uh, the stocks are falling and they don't want to buy. But that's exactly when you should buy. When everybody else is a seller, you should be the buyer. When everybody else, not just some people, I'm talking about an overall market fall like it did last year. You need to be a buyer, okay? And if you're not and you're a buy and holder, just hold it through the dark times. You'll be fine. You will be just fine. My focus point today concerns the story behind what do you, what you need to know about Roth IRAs. You should understand Roth IRA contributions, income limits, the ins and outs of the backdoor IRA maneuver, and more. So I will explain. Do you want me to go ahead and start that? I can explain it now. Okay. I'd be happy to do that. Okay. So first of all, they've made some changes. The government's made changes. The Roth contributions are going up a thousand bucks. 
to 6500 for 2023 and $6,500 for everybody and $7,500 for those people 50 and over. It was $1,000 less in 2022. So that that is the change. Now, Roth is um, versus a regular IRA. A Roth grows the money that you put in there tax-free. Where a regular IRA, you get to deduct the, the, the contribution that you make, where you don't with a Roth, but all the growth over the years, you're going to have to count that as income when you start taking it out. And they make you take it out at 70 or is it 72? They make you take it out at a certain age. They, I think they just raised it too. Raise that mandatory uh, withdrawal. Anyways, your 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 custodian will let you know. But you know, there's benefits. So a, you can a Roth grows tax free. Uh, but there's been lots of studies as to which method actually does better, and th- there's controversy. One, some people think the Roth does better than the regular IRA, and some people think the regular IRA does better once everything is calculated out. So I can't tell you one's better than the other. Now, you can do a backdoor Roth. That means you can roll over your regular IRA or part of it to a Roth IRA. But the amount you roll over is then counted as income for that year that you roll it over. So you get to add that to your income for that year and pay income tax on it. Then you can move it all to a Roth. You can do that. And there's arguments for, I like having both, to be honest. I think, you know, a young person should do both. You know, I, I don't know why. I, I just don't think it's, you know, no one really knows which one's better than the other long term. But I like I like the tax benefits of both of them. So that's my opinion. Roth. Let's go to Tom in Kentucky. Hi, Tom. Hey, Steve. I, I got a question. I was looking at Olin Corporation. I called you several years ago, and I think my average cost uh, purchase is about $20 a share. Good for you. And I I watched it climb the last couple of days, and I know I just I don't know how much more climbing I think it could do. And it is the only bad part is that it's taxable accounts. So I know I have to pay taxes, but I'm just wondering, do you – I mean, what do you see as a future? Because I'm, I don't want to be greedy. I'd rather take my profits and right, right. Well, let's come take a look out at on top and let's take a look at it. Watch it tumble. Yeah, oh, it's Olin Olin Corporation. It's in the chemical specialty um, area. Manufactures uh, chloralkali and small caliber ammunition products, and. The earnings look really strong, but the sales have started to weaken. So I would, and it looks like it's coming to a double top, a double top, uh, almost a triple top. Uh, it's sixty-seven dollars is the top, sixty-seven twenty-five, and it's at sixty-four fifty-nine. So I would be getting ready to take some profits if it fails at sixty-seven dollars and twenty-five cents. It goes up there or closer and falls back down. Sell it, right, sell it, or sell half of it. Fundamentally, it looks really strong still, though. Fundamentally. It's not It's not overpriced. Not by a long shot. Anyways, it is a fast-moving Tuesday. The market is constantly changing. You must have some financial investment questions, so give me a call. Our number is 888-99-CHART.
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Chris in Maine. Hi, Chris. Yeah, hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Are you getting a lot of snow up there? A uh, little dusting today. Not. Uh, it's been a, overall a relatively dry winter, but, uh, yeah, we had a little bit on the ground. So. Oh, I thought I saw. Nice. Feels like wintertime anyway. Yeah, it's cold, I'm sure. Yeah, for us, cold. Absolutely. me cold down here in Southern California, I think it's going to get into the mid-40s tonight and that's ice cold oh. for us <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. it's all relative though i actually spent some time in san diego and you okay. know, after a while uh 40 yeah. feels cold so. yeah I, I grew up uh, in san diego so yeah i'm very familiar anyways uh so but, you um, want to talk about yeah uh, calling about idex corp okay idex uh i've been following it for a little bit here looking to uh get in and every time it does a little pullback i get ready to buy and then it seems to make a jump up yeah. Uh, reported earnings today, and they actually look pretty good. I like the company, but with a PE of around 30, seems kind of yeah. expensive. So I just want to see what you guys thought of it and what you thought a good well, price would actually be for it. Yeah, it's a very good company. You know, so it's something that you could have in your portfolio and, you know, uh, long term. It's in the uh, machinery general industry industrial sector, IDEX Corporation, IEX, makes fluid handling equipment, positive displacement pumps and dispensing equipment for various industries. So, you know, it's a diverse manufacturing type company. Anyways, it, their earnings have gone up every year. Every year, earnings have gone up. I mean, that's pretty amazing for it. Like, go all the way back to two, 2016 on my screen. And even during the bad you know, COVID, they still went up. So it's go, it, it's the earnings are going up 5 to 6% a year. And sales are going up between, in the teens, mid-teens and low-teens a year. So sales and earnings are going up, and you can't complain about any of that, except that it is a little expensive, as you pointed out, because of that consistency. So how do you buy mm-hmm. something like this? Well, you have to wait for a pullback, and I would suggest you wait for it to pull back. It's at $239, which makes it a 26.5 PE for next year's earnings. I think I'd wait. Two thirty nine. I think I'd wait for it to pull back into the low two hundreds, two hundred to two hundred ten. Then I might jump in. Uh, it has a, a lot of strength and support at well, one eighty to one ninety, but I don't think it would go down that far. So I think if you be patient, pick it up. I think you can get it still cheaper. I don't think it's just going to continue to rise. Um, and earnings are going to be under pressure because interest rates uh, went up. Because people buying their equipment might have to borrow money or whatever. It might hurt them. They don't have much debt. I mean, that's a very well-run company. I really do like it, Chris. But wait for a pullback, I think. Okay, let's go to Gene in North Carolina. Hi, Gene. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for making it. I had two quick comments about uh, the the Roth. Sure. You you were just giving a summary of? Sure. Uh, It deals with actually Roth 401k rather than the IRA. And my understanding is that the the Roth 401k actually has a required minimum distribution, even though it's a non-taxable event. Does that sound correct to you? Yeah, uh, but uh, so let me pull back my uh, my reference article and see um, 
I, I, it's not just 401ks. It's it's for it can be 401k or regular Roth. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just a Roth. It, yeah, whatever. No. I, I was talking about just a Roth in general. But the the Roth the Roth for the Roth IRA does not have a required minimum minimum distribution at age 72. But no, Roth, it does not. I, I, I yeah, the, you're you are correct. But the 401k does. They no, they no longer want you to have it at that tax advantaged account. You have to either convert it to an, a Roth for a Roth IRA or, uh, or 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 pull it out. Yeah, that I don't know, but I don't disbelieve you. I, you're probably right. But for everybody else, he's right. A Roth, you never have to take the money out. Never. A regular IRA, you do. So I just want to make, yeah, I'm glad you cleared that up. I appreciate the call for that, Gene. Thank you. And every time you see, hear me missay, misstate something, don't hesitate to call. I don't mind being corrected. I really don't. So I'd rather get the right information to everybody than anything that might be wrong. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Gene. It's Trivia Tuesday, so let's get to it. Let's say that you are in the hunt for a new or better job. Maybe you've had a number of interviews, but no job offers. Here's my trivia question. According to a career expert, there are several stumbling blocks that could be holding you back when you apply for a job. Can you name a few of your potential problem areas? I will supply the answer after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools, 
to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You're building your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, everybody. Love to talk to you. Before the break, I gave you a trivia question. According to a career expert, there are several stumbling blocks that could be holding you back when you apply for a job. Can you name a few of your potential problem areas? And I can. I don't even need this article because I advise, you know, I have almost 40 nieces and nephews, six grandnieces and nephews, but my nieces and nephews are now graduating. Some of them are graduating college, some entering the job market. So I've talked to them extensively how to interview. I'm pretty good about that. But one of the things you don't do is you don't look desperate. Don't act desperate. Don't say things that may be interpreted as you're being desperate for this job. You come across positive. You come across, you want to be positive. You want to be uh, excited about this job. Even if you're not excited about it, still be, still act excited. You got to be excited. And one of the things, one of the sure ways I tell people uh, my nieces and nephews, basically, is you need whatever company you're going to interview, you need to look up that company online, find out everybody you, everything you can about that company. And during the interview process, mention some of the things that you've discovered while you were reading up about the company. Because that shows that you have lots of interest in the company. That shows that you took time out. To look up the company. Oh, I like the new direction the company's taken in the recent weeks to go and and sell these kinds of widgets or, you know, whatever they're doing. You know, bring that up sometime during the conversation when it's appropriate. But always act positive. Positive, positive, positive. No self-doubt. Don't give, don't say, uh, I'm not sure if I can feel this job. I'm not sure this job might be over my head. You never say stuff like that. You say, I can do this job. I'm the right person for this job, and this is why, because I've studied, you know, blah, blah, blah. You do it that way. Never have doubts, okay? Uh, don't worry about not providing enough details. You don't have to be, remember, you're just trying to impress this person interviewing. He's looking for certain, he or she is looking for certain things. One of them is a positive team member on in their company. You want to be that positive person. Okay, and you you don't want to talk about your weaknesses. If they ask you about, well, what's your weaknesses, and you know you don't really want to talk about them, you want to rush through any weaknesses you think you might have uh, real quick, or say you know um, uh, you just don't want to focus on weaknesses. You want to be positive, 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 positive. I can do this. I know how to do this. I remember interviewing many years ago, several times at different jobs, and I wasn't sure I could do the job. But when I interviewed, I said, I could do this job. I've got the experience that I think that will be able to launch me into this job very successfully, blah, 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 blah. And they hired me. 
Okay, and I did. I did learn that job quickly, and I learned you now that you just get in there and you dig in. You spend extra hours, whatever it is it takes. I started my career in New York City, and I remember consciously always getting in before the boss and leaving after the boss leaves. Never and come in Saturdays. I work Saturdays, you know, so that when Monday came around, I had all my desks cleaned, ready to go. Nothing backlogged. So, you know, that stuff like that, man, that, that really goes a long way. It shows your boss that you're a go-getter and you want to move up in the structure if that's your goal. What's really interesting that's happened recently uh, is workplace where people don't go into the office. And the workplace places uh, are trying to upgrade to attract workers to come into the office by giving other nice benefits, you know, gymnasium, food courts, stuff like that. Let's go ahead and take another call. Let's go to Alan in Dallas. Hi, Alan. How you doing? Great. You know, it's always great to hear your voice, Steve. Thanks. Hey, um, uh, I, I remember one time uh, you or Justin mentioned that uh, you have lumen in some of your holdings. Yes. I'm wondering if you still do and what you think about it, because it's 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 been a bit of a laggard lately. Oh, yeah, it's been a dumper. It's really disappointing. <laughs> They're going to make 62 cents next year. They did make a dollar 45 last year. You know, uh, that 62 cents to translate that loss of earnings and loss of sales, which have fallen in the single digits every quarter for two years. The stock is at 525. So what it is is extreme value. Uh, but you know, uh, we think it's an extreme value. But we uh, we've cut our position, but we still have some of it. The yield is the dividend yield is nineteen percent, and the cash flow is five dollars and ninety two cents a share. Lumina L U M N everybody provides local exchange, long distance network accessing, broadband services to rural communities in thirty seven states, and it's a five point four billion dollar company. It's not tiny, so the dividend is really healthy. And return equity is eighteen percent, which is healthy, but they do have more debt that we're that I'm comfortable with. It didn't really worry me because they have the cash flow to you know, service it, but they need to turn this earnings picture around before the stock's going to take off. So be very careful with it. We still own some of it, but not a big position. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, the Fed's meeting and it's two day meeting today and tomorrow, and then we'll get the results. Tomorrow afternoon, I think, uh, as to what they are going to do. And most experts are calling for a half a percent increase, down from the 0.75% increases they were doing before. And that's what the market is expecting. So any shock, any dramatic move one way or another will definitely move the market clearly. The NASDAQ was up 9% for January. Maybe maybe 10 after today. I don't know if 1% moved today. I don't know what it was. This was before today and when Mark was up. So why is that happening? The S&P was up 4.65. The Dow was up 1.7% for January. Why did that happen? I'll give you three reasons. But no one really knows for sure. So don't take this as gospel. But here's three reasons I think could be the reason. The market was just oversold. So buyers came in after the end of the year. Or people feel that the Fed is going to stop raising interest rates shortly. And they're going to change directions. Well, they are changing a little bit. If they go 0.5, announced tomorrow, they're increasing in 0.5. That's better than being increasing in 0.75. 
So maybe the people are thinking, well, that means the Fed's getting ready to stop raising rates altogether and reverse direction. So that's number two. Number three, the 50 worst performing stocks last year were the ones that skyrocketed this year. They were way oversold. So it was not just that the overall market was oversold, but some of the, the, the best performers were the worst last year. So just kind of interesting. Just some information for you to plug into your brain and figure out what you need to do. Okay, when people take the time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here is what's your opinion on Valco Energy, E-G-Y is the symbol, everybody, E-G-Y. It seems to be lagging the rest of the energy space. So I'm wondering if there's an opportunity here or if it should be avoided. Valco Energy out of Houston, Texas, engaged in acquisition, exploration, development, and production of crude oil and natural gas. It's a very small company, $503 million in market cap. Selling a stock is $4.65. They're going to make $1.40 uh, for 2022. We haven't got that final number in. That's up 100% from the year before. Next year, there's going to be up another 30 40%, $30.35. $1.88 a share. Stock is $4.65. So it's selling for what? A three, two or three PE? I think that's a great bargain. It pays 2.8% dividend yield. Um, Cash flow is a dollar three. Management owns two percent. Mutual funds have doubled, tripled their ownership in the last year. Uh, I think you, I think you accumulate this stock. Accumulate this stock. It's really tiny, and that might be. It's only five hundred three million dollar market cap, and that might be your problem. Okay, uh, that is so tiny that it's being overlooked. But mutual funds are buying. They are. Funds own 31% of the company. That's not that much. When it gets over 50 60%, then you start to think about, well, gee, they have a lot of ownership. They're going to push us around the price. Right now, it looks like they're accumulating the stock to me. So that's E-G-Y, everybody. Well, there's no denying that we're in a new market environment. Time marches on, and serious investors understand the, they need to adjust them, adjust their strategies. They need to fit the times. That doesn't mean selling all your stocks and buying new stocks. That means migrating. And we've been talking about that. Just I've been talking about it for over well over a year. You need to migrate from growth to value. That was a big migration we've been pushing way back over a year ago, year and a half ago. You can go back and listen to some old podcasts and let me know. But I, I know we've been talking well over a year. Get out of your growth stocks and move into some value stocks, which have been laggers for a long time. But it's their turn. And obviously in 2022, it was their turn. You know, the value indexes did very well compared to the growth indexes. I mean, yeah. Did they lose money? Yeah, I think 10 11% versus 20 to 35% for the NASDAQ and some of the tech stocks. I mean, it got killed. So, anyways. So, um, 
eventually, eventually, your strategy will perform if you know what you're doing. If you have a, a way to build your portfolio with knowledge. If you don't, if you don't have a lot of knowledge, that's why you have people like me out there. You don't have to hire me, even though I would like you to, but you might need help because you just don't know how things move and what stocks and sectors and industries I should be in and what kind, how much risk do I feel comfortable taking. Okay, KPP Financial, our firm, Justin's firm, Justin, my firm, uh, we we uh, implement a certain philosophy. We have unbiased guidance. We like to invest in the same things we recommend our clients to invest in. We call it parallel investing. We buy same price, same time, same month, same day, you know, to, and same price for everybody. Uh, and you, I encourage you to take a, uh, take advantage of our offer at Free Portfolio Reviewed, and you can do it via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings anywhere in the country, and we'll just help you. We don't you don't have to hire us, and we're not going to push you to hire us. But if you have questions about what you're doing and whether it's right, and whether you're taking enough risk, we'll help answer that question. So you can call our office, KPP Financial in Irvine, California, which is between. L.A. and San Diego, kind of right in between them, South Orange County. And after speaking with with Justin or myself or one of the other guys in the office, I think you'll see the difference. I really do. I think you'll feel it and see it. So we would love to give the we'd love to have the opportunity to take a look at your portfolio. We'd love to have the opportunity to manage your funds, but we don't have to manage them. We just we wouldn't mind just helping you all, as well. You don't have to become a client. But we will help you. We want to help you. Next up, we will play another InvestTalk listener question. So hang on. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download. Your participation makes it unique. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen and Justin. This is Amir from Michigan. I have a question about Carvana. I know it, it grows rapidly during the past months, but like uh, more than one, it's about 124% based on what I know right now. They don't have any earnings. I just wanted to know uh, your uh, idea about this. I'm looking forward to your response. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, Carvana could become one of those Mimi stocks because it shot up, as he pointed out. I mean, it just took off for a company that's almost bankrupt. Okay? Uh, they're going to lose $9.89 a share this year, then lose another $7.65 a share next year. Uh, negative cash flow, 11 cents a share. Uh, they have huge debt. Uh, management owns 3%, mutual funds own 52%, but mutual funds cut their ownership by half in the last year. That tells you there's a lot of short interest. Why it shot up is there's a huge short squeeze, meaning, you know, what? I, for those who don't know what that means, you can bet that the stock is going down, and that's called shorting the stock. And as it goes down, you make more and more money. It's inverse to buying stock long, you sell the stock short. So if the stock price goes down, you make money. Now, if too many people get in on the shorts, 
it becomes a problem because to get out of a short position to to pocket your profits, you have to sell the stock. Okay, you, the shorts that you are, you have to sell the stock to realize your profit. Well, there's a zillion shares short, and all those people have to buy stocks to get out of their short position. They drive the stock up, and that's exactly what happened. The stock is jumped up because the short sellers are trying to cover their shorts by buying long. <laughs> so moves the stock up. It's a, a selling short, going short, selling the stock short. You really have to understand what you're doing. It's not just that, oh, this company's weak and it's going to go down. That's not, the, that's, that's not what just moves the stock. The other things move the stock. You know that's true. And the selling short, the other things could be, the problem is, is you have to buy the stock to get out. And that's a big issue if a lot of people are selling that stock short. So how do you know how many people are selling short? Well, I can tell you, Carvana, there's 2.2 days of their volume is, so, is short. What's their volume? 174 million shares? That's their volume. So two times that, 2.2 times that is short. And how many stocks do they have outstanding? 188 million. So that's almost the whole the the whole the whole trading day. Anyway, this is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy and discipline. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Bill from North Northern California. Hi, Bill. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. Um, Thank you. So, Thanks yeah, I, you know, I have owned this. This is uh, Cortiva. I haven't owned it for long, but, uh, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, with the earnings growth projections that I've seen, I wonder if you would consider this to be, a, you know, a good long-term hold for growth. Well, it, it, it's surprisingly growing pretty strong for being a $46 billion company. <laughs> I mean, I bet you most yeah. people never, ever even heard of this company. Cortiva, Inc., you know, everybody. Uh, it is a agricultural operation company on New York Stock Exchange. Uh, provides out of Wilmington, Illinois. Provides agricultural products, supplies, germ plasma, and traits in corn, soybean, and sunflower seed markets. Okay, uh, so it's in the agricultural second sector, and you know, being being a, a basic type industry. You know, it's outperformed significantly all tech stocks and it's done very well. I mean, a year ago, it was uh, in its 40s, and now it's 64, 45. The problem is, is it is expensive, as you pointed out. It's kind of an expensive side uh, for a return of equity, only 6%. I mean, it's, just, it's not, even though it's growing recently uh, in the teens, and uh, earnings have been growing 20, 23%, and they're going to grow to another 20% next year. Even though that is true, that price, all that good news is already in the stock. So, I would be very careful if you, uh, it, it has, uh, it's trying to go back up again to its top. And what was its top? Uh, it was right at 68.43 was its top that happened in October, November. 
Okay, so it's trying to go back up there, and today was a good sign. It it stopped right at the top. It went up and stopped at the top of today's trading. So, I think it's still still going to move up, but if it really if it starts to weaken or fall from the sixty oh sixty seven to sixty eight dollars, that means it's a triple top and it can't get through that number. That's probably when you need to take some off the table. Because it's going to go back down, retest the lows again, and make another run up. You know, that's how it does. It's got to break those tops. Then you'd be want to hold it for long term. Okay? And it is growing sales, you know, last quarter, 17%. So it's doing very well. The company's doing very, very well. Very low debt. Management owns 1%. Funds own 50%. And they've been buyers. Bill, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 888.99 chart, everybody. Okay. How come increasing interest rates hurt tech stocks the most? Why is that? It's really pretty simple, and I know we've talked about it before, but I'll remind you. Because tech stocks are usually growth companies, right? They need to borrow money to grow. They don't, they're not in a profit mode. They're not making profits. They're burning money to grow, and they're borrowing at higher and higher costs as interest rates rise which means the company has a harder, harder time being successful because their costs are going up. Now, higher rates actually are good for energy stocks. Did you notice that? Think about what the energy stocks have done in the last year versus every place else, and what has interest rates done? Interest rates gone up. That's all they've done in the last over a year now. And what has energy stocks done? Gone up. So rising interest rates are actually good for energy stocks. It's a really interesting dynamic. So that's what's going on, and that's how come tech stocks hate rising interest rates and do very poorly during that period. Of course, you might have some opportunity to pick up some really good tech stocks that, if they're not making money or close to getting to make money, I mean, it's possible. If you pick the right ones, you can make a fortune. But that's the difficulty. Which ones are the right ones, right? Which ones are not going to make it? Don't really know, do you? Yeah, so that's a problem. Now, is the global debt a ticking time bomb? I think many experts are starting to consider that it might be. Some don't think it's a problem at all. So there's a, it's, you know, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable with the debt that we have globally. But that doesn't mean I'm out of the market. I'm not. Yeah, we'll see. I'm CPs, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We have achieved about 49.4 million downloads, and I want to thank everybody for that. I want to keep going. I want to grow the rate of our growth. I want to increase the rate of our growth. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. If you do that, that helps increase our growth. Well, if it's a positive rating anyways. Remember, it's up to you. Independent thing and share success. This is Talk. Good night, everybody. Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. 
InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.